0: Miller and Condon, Ken Miller, Trent Condon, this is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.
1: All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, an opening day Thursday at that. It's 106.3 KXNO and Trent Condon and Ken Miller here for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you and appreciate you uh, tuning in here this morning BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this Tommy Birch uh, who will be spending a lot of his summer at uh, Principal Park uh, opening day tomorrow uh, at Principal Park for the I Cubs, But Tommy will come in here, talk about that, talk a little bit about uh, perhaps the uh, Iowa State women's situation. He covers the uh, Cyclone women uh, for the Des Moines Register. So Tommy Birch coming up here at 1130. What do Major League Baseball fans that don't dip their toe into the minor leagues, what are they going to see if they've stayed away from spring training and have no idea some of the rule changes, whether they've been positively uh, viewed or on the negative sides, we'll talk to Birchy about some of those, including one that's going to be seen at Principal Park for the first time. Balls and strikes no longer called by the man in blue. It's going to be terrible, I'm telling you. You think it is? What's your, what's what's that based on? What's your theory based on?
2: The sinker that just catches the bottom of the and ends up in the dirt. Strike. Mm-hmm. The did it go through the box? It did. Strike. It's not a strike. It's not a strike. A sinker that ends up in the dirt is not a strike. Did it cross the plate in the strike yeah. zone? I don't think you're going to like it. I think it's going to lead to a lot more complaints than what you, you are. You think
1: I'll even bitch more about balls and strike calls <laughs> than I have over the years? Well, it's hard to do,
2: <laughs> right? but I could definitely see it. I don't think this is going to be the great elixir that you think it's going to be, I'm and it's going to solve everything. See.
1: Look, I hope uh, in a way, I hope I'm proven wrong, because I'm an old boot, and I'm old school, and I like guys behind the plan. Mm-hmm. I just asked them to get it right. Is that too much? Um and and you know what the, uh, the the close play at the plate that's still going to be the the umpire. Now they can go to the, throw the, <laughs> right. the review and and overturn the call, but um, we'll see. You know maybe it maybe you're right, Trent, and it never sees the lighter day in the bigs. But the rules that have been enacted in the minor leagues um, that have now been adopted by the major leagues, you can't find too many people that cover minor league baseball. This was a mistake. Nice. So we'll see. Uh, spring training games. Have been cut down on an average. What do see? Twenty-eight minutes, something like that. So if that carries over, uh-huh. like it's all about pace of play. Yes. I have no problem with watching a good ball game for three hours and thirty minutes. Absolutely not. As yeah. long as it's you know moving along. Mm-hmm. Um, looks fifty-four outs is fifty-four outs. They're not changing that. You're still going to see a
2: baseball game. You're just going to see a little quicker. Nothing wrong with that.
1: I am with you. I'm it's what with we you. both
2: grew up with. Yep, that's true. That's I very know. true. And now it's back. Enough of the dinking around. Yeah, fixing the batting gloves uh, the and no walking, bar, walking around Garcia the mound.
1: Parra. Oh, Garcia Par was awful at that. He was the poster boy for that.
2: Every pitch, he's out and then he get yeah. the glove and, and the strap. And one leg,
1: one leg guy in the batter's box, one foot out. Then he's got to get his feet set and get the stance. And, give, and it's almost like you. Then he give the pitcher, like, "Okay, go ahead, throw to me." Right. Um, He's a human rain delay, and there's a bunch of guys that actually have that moniker when they tow the rubber as pitchers. Anyways, we shall see. But Birchie coming up here at 11.30. Uh, Bill Bender's going to help us out with the uh, Final Four. Uh, Bill Bender from the Sporting News will do that, mix in a little college football uh, as well with Bill. I'm going to pick his brain on a couple of these quarterbacks that he has seen and who he likes the best. So we'll cover some ground with Bill at uh, 12.05, and then at 12.30 or thereabouts, we will go on record and embarrass ourselves even further uh, as we make our predictions for each and every one of the division winners who wins the wild card, uh, maybe an MVP or two sprinkled in, Who's what team are you taking a stand at, World Series matchup, and away we go as it, it's indeed time to play ball.
2: You know, you mentioned uh, the infamous notebook here that has yes. all our predictions dating back. Uh, this new one we started in 2020. Okay. I still do have the old one here. But this notebook, and I write down our guest list every single day. It's just, I don't know, something. it. Yeah. Yep. I, I like to just have it in front of me, mm-hmm. have the phone numbers in front of me, just yep. everything ready to go. And Don't lose that, the by end. the way. <laughs> well, we're getting to the end of this notebook. So there's probably about 80 pages left. So I do front and back. So you know, we're talking about 160 weeks, but mm-hmm. we're getting there. Yep. We're getting there. And this notebook has... There's some names in here. It's kind of a fun exercise of looking back through my old notebooks and yeah. seeing, oh yeah, we used to have that guy. You know, it's funny time you
1: mention that, and I and I can't remember because I was looking on Twitter last night and I, I was reading some. Trent, I used to have this guy on, and he was good. And why don't we do that more? Yeah, there's Maybe a few, a few baseball, of those. Baseball, right? Yeah. Anyways, I'll I'll think of it. All Is right, it Joe Rivera from the Sporting News. Yes,
2: I might have been. He's another one we need to yeah, add back he's to the another. Rolodex.
1: Um, especially since baseball season is here. Uh it is Caitlin Clark season all over the country today. And um, you know, the Bullseye just got bigger in my opinion for her tomorrow night because this is just another uh just another arrow in the quiver of South Carolina uh talking points when it comes to their uh, disdain for this Hawkeye women's basketball program and how badly they want to beat them, and they want to show the uh, show the world that um, you know, she's a good player, but she's not the best player. And we'll see. I mean, we've been saying it all week. She deserved the award. She's the best player in college women's basketball player this year. She should have got it. She did get it. It was a relatively comfortable win. I saw that David Eichel posted twenty-eight votes and twenty gave her the first place vote. Mm-hmm. Um, So she was in the fan vote. I don't know how much that accounts for. I think that's just one vote. Is that what it is? Yep. Uh, But she overwhelmingly won that. So... Um, good for her. It was good to see, and uh, you know, just refreshing Twitter. I tried to log on to WHO. I'm sure it was there. It was just pilot error on my part to see the video. I couldn't find the damn stuff.
2: Oh, really, You couldn't <laughs> yeah. find the link.
1: I saw. I got the commercials though that you have yeah. to watch before you get to that opportunity. But then I, anyways. Uh, but Twitter had it very quickly, and um, good for her. Yeah. And she's such a great teammate. And the reason I say that is, she's just one. She, she was just anointed as the best called a basketball player in women's college basketball. It was all about the team. Mm -hmm. Every one of her answers, all about the team. And mom and dad. And that's
2: part of the growth of her. Because Caitlin was not always a great teammate. Is that right? At Dowling. Dowling? Her freshman year at Iowa, Mm -hmm. she wasn't always a great teammate. And understanding, she has a will to win, unlike many that we've seen. There are not many people, Mm -hmm. not women, people, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that have that kind of drive that she does. And... She didn't always carry herself at the best. And, yes, there are times that you still see a little bit of that poutiness that comes out. There's still that from time to time. But the growth that she has made in that leadership quality and the teammates. And I remember hearing the stories when she first showed up before freshman year. And there were some teammates that were kind of keeping her at arm's distance. Right. Let's see. And then they found out the kind of person that she is. Right. That she's a great basketball player and she might yell at us a little bit on the court. But what kind of person that she is and that goofiness that we see yeah. that has really come out. And we got to see really the, the personality side away from the floor that she has. And very quickly, how her teammates grew to love her and, and what kind of leader that she is. And that's something that Coach Bluter's talked a lot about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jan Jensen, a great podcast last week that Andrew Downs did on the Hawkeye Nation feed with Jan and, and talking about those kind of things. And those are those little things you have to do. Caitlin, it's never been about talent. But the other parts of it, and you see that show up when she talks about her teammates. And mm-hmm. it's not lip service. No, I don't think it is either. It, there is It's meaningful. Absolutely. And you see
1: it on the floor, too.
2: One of the uh, best things I heard, my buddy's down in Dallas right now, and he's scoping out seats as he's getting ready for the Iowa women's practice. And
1: uh, Open to the public and free, yes. I hope. Right, yep. good. Yeah,
2: just like we had yep. here in Des Moines, yep. and and same thing happened down there for the Final Four. One thing he mentioned to me yesterday I, I thought was really good is maybe the biggest thing that Caitlin Clark did— Yes, obviously, her play. But getting her teammates to buy in. When she was talking about a Final Four, when she committed to Iowa, I'll be honest, I rolled my eyes. Sure. You're not getting no Final Four in Iowa. Right. You're just not. Unless recruiting goes completely different, it's just not a realistic Mm -hmm. goal. Because the elite of the elite in women's college basketball, so different. Mm -hmm. But she got her teammates to believe. And Monica Zanano, she believes now. And Gabby Marshall believes. And Kate Martin believes. And the rest of that team believes. No, that Caitlin's not going to do it. We're going to do that. And being able to do that and being able to get your teammates to buy in because you are at a different level. That is something that is incredibly difficult to do, but she's got her teammates to believe. And that's a huge component to this. And
1: proof is in the pudding, right? Because look where they are. Mm Uh, it's remarkable. It really and truly is good for her. Uh, many people have said since the award was given, uh, and I believe they're right that that Iowa maybe f- I don't know how long the window will stay open, but as long as she is there, um, got an opportunity to maybe maybe not join the. Upper echelon, completely don't a Yukon or a South mm-hmm. Carolina or what Tennessee used to be, but maybe you can you know get close to that as long as she's there. See that as transfers. See that as nil. See that as whatever it takes. I mean, if you're if you're in that spot and you want to you know go play somewhere, they're going to be successful and you're going to get um, a fan following, which isn't the case all over women's mm-hmm. college basketball, as we well know. Man, it is a Carver-Hawkeye. To, to, here's this. I mean, I talked to Doc Fuller yesterday, and you know what he said to me? He wants to buy women's tickets next year for us to give away, not men's. Right? There's hey, that kind of buzz? There, there's that kind of buzz. We're yes. still getting the football tickets, but mm-hmm. um, it's it's remarkable what she's done. I, I know half the state is sick of it. I get it. I do. But, man, you can't ignore it. No, absolutely. You can't ignore it. Love it. Hate it. It's right there in front of you. And at the end of the day, it's good for the game. Yes, I don't it is. care what anybody says. Uh,
2: had a crossover podcast for my Locked On Hawkeyes podcast with the South so what Carolina is guy today. Oh, got you. Okay, yeah. So that'll be uh, in your feeds later this afternoon. So you've People done it already? There. Yep, we uh, recorded this morning. And did you do it here? Uh, no, did it back. I was at... Say I didn't see your car in the lot. Nope, did it from the home studio. Gotcha. And listening to him, the the narrative that South Carolina doesn't like all the notoriety of an individual. Is right on. It's spot on, isn't it? There, there is yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. One thing I want to see is they're going to have something defensively right. It's mm-hmm. probably going to be Beal on her right away. For sure, she's a great defender. Yep. It's her calling card. She's going to be on her right away. But how Don Staley mixes defenses? Because if you see Caitlin, and we've seen this a lot this year, the, the junk defenses, right? Mm-hmm. Going to go box and one with Caitlin, or we're going to go triangle and two with Sizano and her, and we're going to play zone behind it. Whatever it is. There are times that yeah you can get them, but it's only a possession or two, and then Caitlin figures it out. Right? How quickly Don Staley is going to change things? But not only that, Bill get the opening assignment, but they got three or four perimeter defenders that are they're deep. They're going to throw so much at her. This is going to be more than Caitlin Clark. It has to be. Everybody has to step up. Right, And we mentioned yesterday, Zazano, she's not going to get the ball in the post and go to work. No. Not against this front nope. line. Nope, nope, That's not because, what it because is. Because
1: there's a lay of Boston standing right yes. there waiting.
2: You need Warnock to pull Boston away mm-hmm. and hit him from the outside. You need Gabby Marshall to be hitting the shots. You need, And she's capable of doing that. You need Kate Martin to do all the things. that Kate. You need everybody to step up and then the bench because they're so deep, too. They're out there and they're playing 11 players mm-hmm. and you have to be ready to go because mm-hmm. they are going to come at you in waves and they're going to throw... Bunch of defenders out there, and size that they can bring in. They can do so many different things. Everybody, one through seven, eight, depending on who mm-hmm. plays. Everybody has to play well in order to to probably even have a chance going to the fourth quarter. Uh,
1: everybody you talk to, this has to be a perfect game out of Iowa. So we'll we'll see if they do. My fear, um, and you know, I've been saying this all week, uh, and and this is going to be the most difficult game of her career for for the very reason that Trent said. Um, South Carolina's sick of this. <laughs> They're sick of the Caitlin Clark love. They are. And they want to prove that, um, you know what? We're pretty good over here, too. And we've got a whole roster of Caitlin Clarks. Yes. Uh, we shall see. Let's get Jeff in here. Uh, Jeff coached Caitlin, one of the assistant coaches at Dowling. Hello, Jeff. You are the same Jeff, right? I should have asked Trent first.
3: No, yep. Same Jeff. I just want to put a bow on Caitlin, you know, and where she started at Dowling and uh, the career that she had. Um, you know, never winning a state title. You know, her senior year, you know, we didn't make, make state. We lost in the, the final at sub-state. You know, and one of her biggest things, in my opinion, was, and you guys kind of touched on it, being a great teammate. I'm not saying she was a bad teammate, but believing in her teammates' trust, knowing that if I don't have the best night, I have people behind me. And where she is now and the growth, um, coming with that is remarkable. And I know you kind of just said it, Ken, and, and hopefully you're wrong. Yeah. Um, I hope no one. I hope no one's sick of all the all the love Caitlin's getting on half the state. I don't care if you're a Cyclone. I don't care if you're a Panther. I don't care. If, in the state of Iowa, this is awesome.
1: No, I agree. But you know what? That's that's what makes I Hawk what it does, right? I mean, you're going to convince us. You're going to peel off a small portion of them, but you're not going to get all of it. And I get that, and I understand it. I'm kind of in, in, in a way <laughs> we're glad that that's the case.
3: Well, I am I, I root for the cyclone, but at the end of the day, I have to leave that behind for Caitlin yeah. and for, you know, the Iowa women. Right. Um, but what she's doing, and, I, you know, if, if she plays two more years, here's my last point, is that Jennifer Lewis, 2026 is the number one recruit. Mm-hmm. So if I'm the coaching staff and if you can build something with Caitlin, which she already has going to a Final Four, and possibly two more years, and that if somehow they could bring Jenica in the fold right after that, now, and she's not the end-all be-all, but that's that how you start building a huge program. You go from Caitlin, possibly to Jenica and others at Iowa, mm-hmm. and Trent, you can kind of touch base on that. That's something that Iowa could really hit a grand slam out of the park if they could pull that off.
1: Well, we shall see, Jeff. It just seems like I mean the the, the greatest woman to ever play there, Megan Gustafson. <laughs> that wasn't too long ago, right? And she didn't yep. she didn't wear that crown very long. Uh, remarkable story, Jeff. Thanks for the call. As always, Thank appreciate you. it. Thanks. Good to hear from him. Uh, we'll see. Look, I've talked to Cyclone fans that um, seriously. They hope she gets beat. Mm-hmm. hope she gets gets held to single digits, and then she transfers the following day. <laughs> right.
2: right? Yeah. That's what it is. Yes, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And these yeah. are nice people, but they can't root for black
1: and gold. Just like a lot of black and gold can't root for cardinal and gold. Right. And it certainly helps. It's, it's great for business over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll put it that way, because there's nothing like it in our state. Uh, we'll see. Tomorrow night, 830 tip. Mm.
2: It's going to be huge. It's going to be. I can't wait to see the number. I really yes. can't. Back on CBS for the men's final four. So that will help as opposed to the TBS. But think of what we had last year Coach K in his final. Yeah. North Carolina. Yep. Kansas. Right. Villanova, kind of a new blue blood. If no, you they know. are. They belong in the conversation. Those are the four teams we had the yeah. final four last year yeah. and this year. It's inc- yeah.
1: I mean, what will people, yeah, though, I was going to say, will people watch San Diego State and FAA?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be the lowest rated Final Four team on will. CBS.
1: It will be, and I'm guessing we'll—you'll have to go back a long ways to find what uh, you know where it ranks.
2: But <sighs> I remember the—I think it was the VCU Kansas game was a lot lower ranked, I think, than people even anticipated. Because, yeah. you got the Cinderella, and then you got a blue blood. I remember that one didn't mm-hmm. rate very well. Even Miami, UConn, Trent. Right. I mean, UConn's a really nice team, <laughs> really nice team. Yes, They are, and, and Miami got
1: a coach that you can't help but loving. Um, I don't know how this final four, the men's final four, is. Good. Look, it, it's basketball. It's championship basketball. Uh, there's a good percentage of the population. They've got us, right? They've got us. But it's uh, it's the other folks that have to that come along that make that needle uh, move to the extent that it does. This is a different final four. I hope it plays out very well. I do. I I think that you do need some, you know, some names. And we don't have one on the men's side. We just, we just don't have one on the men's side. Uh, Troy wants to chime in. Troy, welcome to the program. How are you?
4: Thanks, guys. Um, Ken, I wanted to piggyback on one of the points you were trying to make um, as far as the opponent being fed up. Do you think it's going to be a San Diego State versus Creighton situation? They're going to get physical. I think fouls and uh are going to be a key component there. What, what's your take on that?
1: I agree with everything you said. Yeah, I mm-hmm. do. I think that uh, how the game is officiated. If, if South
2: Carolina gets to keep pushing that envelope, then they're going to try and take those liberties until they get told not to. And they're going to get to the line the way that they play. They pound it inside. They're going to. There's probably going to be more fouls called on mm-hmm. Iowa. Plus the athleticism that they play with. There's mm-hmm. they're going to get by people. They're good off the bounce. They got so many people that can that can beat you to the rim. And and I. I don't want this narrative to be out there that, uh, the refs cost them. No, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. I hate, and I hear this so much when I call, and I don't hate much. This is something I hate. Calling a basketball game, and I hear one side, oh, look at the fouls, ref, it's 6-1, to one, even it up. Not, that's that's <laughs> not, it's not about making it even. That's not the referee's <laughs> job. It's right. to call what they see yeah. in front of them. And if one team's more aggressive, or one team... Is a little less athletic. Then pi- fouls can pile up. One team pounds it inside. Yeah, they're going to get to the line a whole lot more. I've said it. I'm, this is more of a perimeter defensive part of it, though. The way that it's called on the perimeter, if they're allowed to to hold Clark a ton, that's what it's going to be. But South Carolina is going to shoot more free throws. They're going to get to mm-hmm. line more. There's probably going to be more fouls called on Iowa. That's just the way that these two it's teams. The athleticism. Are yes, it's that, the
1: athleticism. That, that,
2: that's anything else, Troy.
4: Uh, do you think Iowa can hang with him on the boards? That's that was a key stat in the Maryland game.
2: It, it was. Yeah,
1: Troy. Thanks. No, I, this I, I don't, is a different animal. It, it really
2: is. is. There's there's a reason that this team is this good, and the record is what it is. Number one in offensive rebounding rate, forty eight point seven percent. That's nuts. I know I brought it up three times this week, but it, it's unthinkable. Mm-hmm. Half the time they miss a shot, they get the rebound. It's. That doesn't happen in basketball. No. But that's how good that they are. They are so good. And getting the boards. And That's why the they show. blow teams out. It's yes.
1: second chance points time second, after time. Third. For, I was going to say, yeah, when you get that many boards, it's it's more than second chance points. It's third chance points and dot, dot, dot. All right, we will get into baseball at some—well, I know we're going to do so for sure at 1230 uh, when we're going to go on record. I love the fact that every single team is playing today. I really do. I'm I right there I think it's with great. You. Yep. Um, I kinda wish that the first bit that Cincinnati was
2: still why did that go away? I don't know, Trent. I really don't. Eleven oh five Central, twelve oh five Eastern. Yep. You get the Reds at home. Yep. Regardless of how bad they are, mm-hmm. regardless
1: of who they're playing, this is where baseball is going to start. Remember the day was it John McSherry who died behind home plate? No, oh, yeah nineteen yeah, ninety, eighty eight, ninety nine right, yeah. eighty nine. Just had a stroke or a heart attack mm-hmm. and boom, just fell. Just complete lick um was dead on the field uh aj welcome to the show aj how are you
4: i'm great guys hey trent i just want to say have a blast in uh dallas with your daughter as the father of a 17 year old and 12 year old hmm. daughter uh it just have fun and uh i didn't i've got to tell you that uh, my last name's Spearbach, mm-hmm. kylie Spearbach, is our cousin the, oh nice the Hawk. yes absolutely. And she'll be back next year and then uh I wanted to say, too, that New York City, I called you last Yeah, week, was you had it. Awesome. Great. Madison Square Garden was nuts. FAU is really good. I don't know why Tennessee didn't just throw the ball to their two giants in the block and just let them score, but, uh, anyway, but it was a wild 36 hours, and, uh, just wanted to say, uh, love your show, keep doing what you're doing, and, uh. I'd love to have you guys up to Clear Lake this summer. I'm the head baseball coach at Clear Lake. Oh, nice. So if you guys ever want a remote, and then we can uh, go to the landing on the lake, and I can buy you uh, a beverage, it would be awesome. So, anyway. Thank
1: you weeks. for listening, AJ. I appreciate you chiming in as well as the invite. Um, yes. 1996. John McSherry. 1996. 96. Huh? I thought it was before that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's where baseball used to um, begin. But opening day... Everybody's playing. That I told Mike Palm shared what he's what Circa is doing today. Right, opening day.
2: Yeah, for people that missed it, fill it in, really, so, really cool. Yeah, event.
1: I think it is too. So if if you've been to Circa in front of the betting window, it's pretty. It's pretty how many, thirty yards. Oh yeah, it's big. Forty yards, mm-hmm. probably, maybe yeah, about that. Um, they're putting a pitcher's mound in in front of the um, in in that area. Uh, usually where the lines are, uh, for people who are standing in line to, to make their bet. Uh, they're putting, they got a home plate. They're bringing a home plate over from the AAA affiliate. They're putting it down. Uh, they've got a former major leaguer who's going to catch his name escapes him. He's a Las Vegas resident, but he's going to catch the opening day pitch made by another Las Vegas resident, the Hall of Famer, Greg Maddox.
2: <laughs> who's played in poker tournaments there. And he's
1: he's got a, he's got a charity event coming up in April so this is going to be the kind of the unofficial kickoff for that but uh it's going to happen um you know around I think noon hour time that Greg Maddux is going to walk into Circa, jump onto the mound and try and throw a strike. It'll probably be 6 8 inches outside but he'll get the call he did his entire career.
2: Tweet they put out this morning. This is just for everybody out there. From Circa? From Circa. Yeah. As they have all the money line splits. You know, I saw that. That's a brilliant tweet. It, it, this will show you why betting mm-hmm. at
1: Circa... No, you're not going to get $100 when you deposit $100. Right. That's not how they do business. Nope. Deposit 50, get 50, that's not going to happen. But they're going to give you the best prices. If you like the bet, so finish, finish your point.
2: <laughs> money line splits. And they have it break broken down. But what you need to look at is the hold. The hold mm-hmm. percentage that the book keeps. We talk about this a lot in golf. Next week is the Masters, the biggest betting tournament of the year. They're working by Wednesday, day before things tee off, to get down to a 12% theoretical hold. Other shops, some of the bigger names out there? Double. Almost triple. Almost triple. There are tournaments where they have basically upwards of a, that's basically saying 30% hold. What does that mean if you're kind of new to betting? Think of, you have to lay minus 110 on a bet. Every one of your bets being minus 130. Mm -hmm. That's what a 30% hold is. Not at Circa. That's what they do. They're going to give you the best lines. Not every time. And they tell you to shop around. In fact, they have their trademark line. Get multiple sports betting apps, shopping lines, and get the best odds on every bet. They Hmm. tell you Mm -hmm. to bet... Other places aren't going to tell you that either, because they cater to the sports gambler. They they do. And you know, this caught me a
1: couple of times, and I've just noticed in the last couple of weeks as I'm going through my futures, mm-hmm. that I have a future on... I don't remember who... It's, a, it's an NHL... It might be the New York Rangers. Um, I have a future for $11.56. <laughs> no, I don't. I never bet $11.56. So I'm guessing I tried to bet 20 Oh, and I didn't realize... I'm, I'm going down there. That's not right. Wait mm. a second.
2: This isn't right. I had no idea that they limited That they you. limit. Why me? You're yeah, well, not a guy that's betting right. Not not even thousands of dollars. Hundreds of dollars. Right. You, you have your. 20. I I bet eight dollars and six cents. In what world? But you were limited. I, I saw was somebody limited. that had that yesterday. They tried to bet a Cardinals future. Same thing happened to them at one of the operators here in our state. Why don't they just take And it was a twenty-five dollar future bet. It right. wasn't it's not gonna break the bank. No, it wasn't twenty five hundred dollars. Right. Where in a future at win the World Series at twenty to one. All right, that's something. No, it was a small ticket. Mm. Circa's not going to do that. No. Here's another one that uh my buddy is in one of those big pools, Final Four pools, college basketball pools, and the winner is a hundred thousand dollars. Fifty dollar buy in. We're talking about hedging and talking about hedging, pretty significant money, at that point. If he got to the and right. ultimately didn't get there, but you need to get and you have a chance to hedge and make ten thousand dollars. Good luck at other places getting yeah. a ten thousand dollar bet down. Not going to do it at Circa. Yeah, you absolutely can. And again, we're talking about hedging here. We're talking about a different kind of realm, but you can do that at Circa. So, so to Trent's point, and if
1: you if you do like to play, a, take a. Uh, a screen grab, just so you have this, so you
2: don't have to dig. It's a Circus Sports Twitter account. Mm-hmm. So you can see how they price baseball. Yes. And it's legit. Their hold, pretty much across the board, everything is under 3%. Mm-hmm.
3: Theoretical
2: hold. That's another thing you'll see. I want to bet on a favorite in baseball that's minus 140. All right? Well, look at that number, and look at what the perceived odds are and the difference between the two. Between the favorite and the dog, you're going to get the best price of price at Circa. It's just... If you're betting, you have to at least have a part of your apps. It needs to be a part mm-hmm. of it. Because ultimately, throughout the course in, in of the, the season... In
1: the long run, you're going to get more than your free $50. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Right. Uh, well, hopefully. Hopefully you Make cash your own time bonus. In right. Sure. And that's what you're doing. All right. It's coming up on 1130. We are... Uh, Boy, we're on the cusp. What time is first pitch? Twelve oh five in the nation's Ooh. capital. The Braves and the Natties. Well, <laughs> boy, oh boy, that could get ugly this weekend, right? Ooh. This Atlanta team's going to be a really good. Trend, and not just this year. You could say this for the next few years. They are. They're stacked. signing everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. They want to. They want to keep these guys around. So, uh I like the Braves a lot. I like the Padres a lot. We'll get to that coming up at 12.30. 11.30, we'll get to Tommy Birch next. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station 107. Six p- Slash free.
2: you have the best
1: chance of Hi, right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, opening day in baseball, 30 minutes away. Principal Park, opening night tomorrow night. Uh, At Principal Park. Did you see the... Well, you'll be out of town, Mm -hmm. but um, winds... Like in the 50s and 60s, got up into the 70s tomorrow. I guess there's a real bad system coming up. I don't know.
2: Blowing in or blowing
1: out? Uh, Hopefully blowing (laughs) out quicker than he gets in, but uh, we'll see. Let's get to Tommy Birch. Of course, Tommy writes for the Des Moines Register where he covers those Iowa Cubs. Does likewise with the Iowa State Women's Basketball Program. Tommy, as always, thank you for uh, giving us a few minutes. I always appreciate our conversations. How are you, Tommy Birch?
0: I'm doing good. It's good to hear from you guys on this uh, magnificent baseball holiday.
1: It really and truly is, and it should be. I agree with you. Hey, Tommy. Before we get into that, um, just you—you uh, you cover uh, the Iowa State women's team. It's look we see uh, kids transfer um, in college basketball now. It's it's finally easier to do so. Uh, it benefits the student athlete. Everybody's all for it. It's just the the sheer volume of transfers, and and specifically, you know, two uh, in Donarski and Fritz, who seemingly were going to play an integral uh, spot on that team next year. Not seeing a lot of love as far as in the in, in the statements uh, pursuant to the coaching staff. What do you make of this, Tommy? Is, is there something more? And I'm not equating it to the soccer the story that you've been covering there. I don't think I am. Uh, I haven't heard anything along those lines. But what do you think, Tommy? Is there something that, um, you know, uh, going on inside the program? Is there more to this, I guess?
0: Yeah, I mean, right now, all we have to, to really glean on is what, uh, you know, Danae Fritz told me the other day. And she thinks it's foul play. And,. You know, I think that's kind of the biggest criticism I've heard from a lot of Iowa State fans is that even though they do run an up-tempo offense, even though they do score a lot of points, their brand of basketball just isn't what you see from a lot of college teams. There's not a lot of passing. There's not a lot of movement. There's um, not a ton of, you know, there's definitely another gear to the up when it comes to, to the style that they can play with. And, and Frisch said that's the reason why she left. She believes that's the reason why others have left. I, I'm, I've kind of gleaned that's probably part of the reason why Lexi like Dynarski left. Um, you know, when I think it comes to some of the other transfers, it was just about getting some more opportunities and having both have a fresh start. So it's a combination of things, but it's definitely alarming. I mean, you're mm-hmm. losing five players, three with starting experience, three that were major key contributors to your team the last two seasons. And, um, you were gonna go into next season thinking it was a rebuild, but now you're like really retooling the whole team.
1: Indeed, I mean, I've gone, I've seen some stuff that I know is ingest by Suarez petitions the NCAA not to get an extra year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, we shall see. Well, Tommy certainly something to, to watch for, and we'll see if, the, if there's any others and. Uh, there's a there's playing time, I guess, right? If they, if you're if you're looking for on the, on the bright side of this, playing time is available, and the transfer portal is wide open. So let's get the to baseball. Uh, Tommy, Trent, and I have been uh, I'm I'm anxious to see the robo ump behind the plate. It's been, you know, a pet peeve of mine. Um, you know, if it's if it's in the box, and I know the box isn't the be all end all, but it's a pretty good tool for for my side of the argument. So I use it a lot. Um, the, the balls and strikes, it'll be instantaneously instantaneous. We won't notice a difference, according to Sam Burnaby. The umpire will get the the ball or the strike call in his ear and instantly make that. How do you think this is going to play out, Tommy? Will this be the the first of the rule changes that maybe is the most debated as the season plays out?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think it, it's probably not going to be the most debated. I think some of the rule changes that we're we seeing at the major league level that we saw at the minor league level were probably the most debated the pitch clock where you had guys that were really struggling to get used to getting into the box, getting set, the the pitcher getting ready in that time. You know, I think when it comes to automated balls and strikes, I mean, if it's just there's it's there. There's nothing really that you're going to notice. And I think that's going to be the most interesting thing is heard from so many people. I think, okay, um, there, there's going to be an actual robot behind home plate, but (laughs) it's going, it is going to be a home plate umpire. There is still going to be a need for a home plate umpire to, you know, call um, check swings, plays at the plate, stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think, The biggest thing that is going to provide is consistency, and that's a consistent strike zone. And that's something you hear from pitchers, hitters, um, coaches, managers, whatever. They just want a consistent strike zone. And I think um, the automated balls and strikes system will give them a consistent strike zone. And I think the challenge system that you're going to see the days that there is not an automated balls and strikes being called. Um, could create some really entertaining uh, really entertaining moments throughout the game where they put the replay on the screen pretty much right when the challenge is issued and it's going to look a lot like kind of what you see in tennis. So I think it's all changes for the good, and I think it's changes that um, fans are going to adapt to really quick just because, like Sam Burnaby had told me, And from what I've seen, if you go to a game and the automated balls and strikes are being called, you wouldn't know unless you knew. Mm -hmm. So there isn't going to be much much of a change from the style or the setup that you're accustomed to seeing when you go to a minor league baseball game.
2: My concern is the sinker that drops off the table and just catches the bottom of the zone and ends up in the dirt. The slider that is going away from a right-hander, from a right-handed pitcher, there's no chance he can hit that thing, but it just clipped the edge of the strike zone, and the catcher catches it four feet to the right. Those are the ones, I mean, is this something that they're going to be able to adjust in understanding that there are certain pitches that, yes, by the letter of the law, they clip the strike zone, but they're not really strikes. How does that play out? What, is, what has been the return when you've asked those kind of questions?
0: Yeah, kind of. My understanding is the the technology has actually gotten better too. Where you know the first couple of years you saw so many of those viral videos mm-hmm. of balls hitting the dirt, balls that were noticeably outside, balls that were definitely not strikes. Um, at least to the naked eye, being called strikes. And uh, during the time that they used it in in independent league, I believe in the Fort Atlantic League, which you know is wildly popular for. Testing out some of these rule changes before they come to affiliated baseball. That's where you saw a lot of those moments. But, um, like I said, I think the technology has gotten better. We're, they're still adjusting. There's a reason why it's being done at minor league baseball right. right now. They're wanting to test out a lot of these things. They're wanting to kind of get some of the kinks out of it before they bring it to major league baseball. Because, look, if it is in AAA, They are taking a serious, hard look at bringing it to the major leagues at some point. We saw it with the pitch clock. We saw it with the bigger bases. We saw it with the uh, pickoff moves, Limited times you could step off the rubber. All of those worked really well at the AAA and minor league level, and if this works out well here, they not be in the
1: big leagues too. Yeah, indeed they will. You know, if it's, if uh, you could go back and somehow technology could go back, I wonder if Tom Glavin would be in the Hall of Fame. Right? Because yeah. <laughs> this guy got. I'll tell
0: you what, Levon Hernandez is not having the game he did. Right. In the in the championship series with Eric Gregg behind the plate, that's
1: a perfect example. I mean, he got he got feet, not inches, seemingly on some of those calls. Good stuff. Well, Tommy, here's the other one. Um, it's, there's still fifty-four outs, right? So I, the, I don't want to shorten a baseball game, but well, they still get the same number of outs uh, until the game is over, at minimum, unless we go into extras. But um, it's just its the pace of play. It's just going to move along quicker. I saw a stat from uh, from spring training. Base stealing was up like, I don't know, 200% over year to year. There's going to be movement. There's going to be action. And instead of sitting on your, ah, oh, baseball's boring. I can't get into this. It's like watching paint dry. I'm going to stay home and watch the grass grow. Tommy, this is, I think, going to be as maybe as... Significant changes we've seen since, I don't know, the DH or the whatever. This could be huge for the game, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you talk about, you know, the improvement to to stealing bases being up to 100%, let's be honest, there's really no place to go. But, uh, um, that's I mean, true, yeah. It, it got to a point where just stealing bases was, you know, a, a complete lost start. And it, it ended up being like a solar eclipse, you know, something you'd heard about, you Maybe I'd seen, but you rarely got a glimpse of. But, um, you know, I think limiting, I I think more than anything, what's going to encourage more movement on the base pass is, one, you're you're banning the shift, and two, um, you're going to be limiting how many times somebody can throw over, and I think that's going to have the Mm -hmm. biggest impact. Not the bigger bases. The bigger bases, I think, is going to impact more kind of the safety, um, and maybe it will encourage a stolen base extra or two, but, um, you know, the basic idea that you're banning the shift now and just basically hitting a ball as hard as possible um, is not always going to be the most important thing when it comes to getting up to that, is going to kind of force you to play small ball, and I think, I think at some point we're going to see a team go completely against the grain someday. I don't know when it's going to be, but at some point we're going to see a team, an organization that goes, we're going to completely get away from Montangle. We're going to completely get away from exit Vivo. We're going to start modeling our baseball on small ball and try to win. if a team does that and the team has success, you're going to see the game kind of flood back. But, Right now, nobody's been able to do that. Nobody's been willing to do that. And I think, um, you know, if, if somebody does that, that's when you're going to see some giant changes too. But these rules are definitely kind of encouraging teams to take a look at that philosophy moving forward.
2: Bertie, what do you anticipate we're going to see? Give us a couple of names that we should be looking for to make their way up with the I-Cubs and ultimately help out the Chicago Cubs this season. Uh, a few of the newer names that maybe we should be looking at here this season.
0: Yeah, I mean one of the biggest names, obviously, is Pete Crow Arm sure. number one prospect. He's the guy that the Cubs got in the deal with Javier Baez. He, they haven't announced where he's going to start yet this season, but I'm assuming it's in Double A because I've been at Principal Park the last two days, and I think hmm. I would have I would noticed him wandering around the, <laughs> the the clubhouse. But Pete Crow is probably going to start Double A, and I think he's kind of going to be on that Chris Bryant path where. If he's absolutely right, does everything he should in double A for the first half of the season, you could see him in Des Moines sometime in the second half of the season. The other name I'd really keep an eye on that probably people have kind of forgotten about is Miguel Amaya, who's the catcher, who at one point was kind of looked at as the guy that was going to replace Wilson Contreras, but he's kind of battled injuries the last couple of years. He's still considered a big prospect in the Cubs system. He's kind of fallen off some of those big prospect rankings when it comes to top 100, top 200 guys, but he's a guy when he's been healthy has played really well and has been really highly regarded by people in the organization. I think he's going to start in double A as well, but um he's a guy I, I would expect to see in Des Moines at some point this season.
1: A uh, guy that uh, in, a, in a bad year on the uh, north side of Chicago, uh, one of the bright spots was just because he had a smile on his face every time he showed up at the ballpark, uh, was Morrell. And he's going to be down, Christopher Morrell, and he's going to be into Des Moines to start the year, Tommy. Is it just uh, there's no place for him and they'd rather him play every day opposed to getting a spot start and a pinch hit here and there just to continue to advance uh, his development?
0: Yeah, he's just kind of odd man out because gotcha. he has options. He's young. They want him to get every day at bat. You know, he's got to show he can hit the off-speed stuff. He's a guy that has shown he can hit the fastball, but he cannot hit off-speed stuff. And the only way that he's going to learn to do that is playing every day. And, you know, he's actually in Des Moines. Saw him yesterday, got here yesterday. He's going to be playing the infield, outfield, kind of rotating around. It's only a matter of time before he will be back up there, but right now it's just kind of a numbers game. He didn't have a great spring. He got hot at the end of spring, but I think by then it was too little, too late, and um, he's just kind of odd man out right now, but he'll be up there at some point.
1: Caleb Killian, is he here? I don't think he made the club. Did he?
0: Correct. He is here. Now, that's kind of an interesting story, too, where – you know, I, I talked to him yesterday and it seemed like everybody was talking about Caleb Killian last year, he was right. the number one pitching yeah. prospect in the entire system. There were some really high hopes. He went up to Chicago, struggled. He kinda of struggled down here a little bit too and part of that he he kind of equates back to to a knee injury, kind of loss of confidence, stuff like that. But he is a guy that is still really good really talented and could have a really bright future but it is kind of weird going into this season where nobody seems to be talking about Caleb killing he kind of seems like the forgotten prospect in the group but he's gonna be starting here I think if he has a good year you're gonna see him up in Chicago um, again at some point definitely as kind of a spot starter type guy but Definitely a guy that could still be part of the Cubs' long-term plans, and like I said, it's just really weird. They kind of the forgotten guy where wow. he struggled a little bit last year; wasn't his best. But like, man, he is two. He, he he's just a year removed from being, you know, the biggest star in the mm-hmm. the Arizona Fall League, and and like I said, the number one pitching prospect in the Cubs that. Everybody was stopping to do stopping whatever they were doing to watch one of his starts in in Iowa.
2: Bertie, how good are the Twins going to be? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, well, that depends on how healthy Byron Buxton is. I mean, that's going to be the scary part when it comes to the Minnesota Twins. Is it's pretty clear cut that when Byron Buxton is healthy and in the lineup, mm-hmm. they are really good. When he is not, they are really bad. And right now. Can you really have any faith in the idea that Byron is gonna be healthy for long stretches of the season? It's a really tough situation for the Twins where you wanna give him rest, you wanna make sure he's healthy. But they show last season, even when they had kind of a plan to rest him and kind of, you know, hold him back a little bit, he still didn't stay healthy. So they need him in the lineup, they need him out in the outfield, they they just need him on the field because the the team that they are with him and the team that they are without him is drastically different. But in the grand scheme of things, like – does it really matter once they get to the postseason? <laughs> they're they're going to end up losing mm-hmm. in the first round of the playoffs anyway. Yeah,
1: you know, swept by the Yankees, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Seemingly. Rinse swept and repeat. by anybody. Yeah. Tommy, thank you. Great to catch up with you. Great to talk baseball. Love it. It's here. You'll spend a lot of your summer at Principal Park, uh, and we will uh, talk to you throughout the summer. Thank you, Birchie. Thanks, Tommy. Have a great uh, a great uh, rest of your day.
0: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you. Tommy Burch, Des Moines Register. Uh, as we catch up with our old buddy, Tommy, uh, we will take a timeout, come back and finish up the hour. We're going to get into the Final Four with Bill Bender coming up here at 12.05, and then TC and I will go on record, put pen to paper uh, with our predictions how this baseball season is going to play out. We'll come back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. One podcast.
4: When you bet the college hoops action in March, you want to bet where the pros bet with Circus Sports. Get all the benefits of the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips with the Circa Sports app. Experience high limits, low holds, tight money line splits, and the best customer service.
2: Download your new bookie today and bet like a pro from anywhere in Iowa. Don't miss
4: any of the March action. Visit CircaSports.com for details.
2: Must be 21 and present in the state of Iowa to place wagers. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call Rush on your side.
1: Back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 oh You know, one thing baseball got right on their own, I think, um, without having to test it out in the minor leagues. Remember when baseball used to open on a Monday? Oh, yeah. Right? For the longest exactly. time, Mondays, dark on Tuesdays in case it rained out. I, I bet toward the end of the week, right into the weekend, I think it gives a better chance to, you know, get more people in the ballpark with the weekend, et cetera. A little Not bit bad, more yeah. buzz, right? Build up the... The opening week momentum a little bit more rather than a Monday or a Tuesday.
2: Get the week kind of to build into it too. Yeah, I like it. I like this Thursday start. Mm-hmm. A lot of days off tomorrow for the yep. outdoor. like three or four games only, maybe five tomorrow. Yeah, really going to slow up and then back go at it over the yep. weekend. Yeah, not a bad idea. I'm I'm with you there. And something I hadn't really wrapped my mind around, but I like it. So, are you locked and loaded? You feeling good about your division picks, your wild card picks, everything? I'm feeling pretty yes. I'm cautiously optimistic. You are. I think you're going to like my
1: predictions when we get to them at 12 That means you're picking the Blue Jays and you're on the right side. Uh, I just can't get past the Padres and the Braves. What is it about the Padres? I just think their lineup. I, I'm with the, the starting pitching. To, I, it doesn't wow me. No. By any means. But, man, that's murderers rowing that lineup, for God's sakes. I mean, how, where, where's,
2: the, where's an easy out? There isn't one. There isn't. No. Up and down the line, up there, as good as you're going to uh-huh. find. But that rotation, he yeah, still got to throw it. I know. And Musgrove's hurt, although he's ahead of schedule. Snell got the
1: start. Yep. You Darvish has phenomenal stuff, but every mm-hmm. uh, you know every game, there's going to be one bad inning where
2: his hair's on fire. He Michael, may or may not get out of it. Dick Martinez. Yeah, don't love him. Michael what? Waka? Seth Lugo, yeah. Brian Weathers. Here's the thing:
1: this guy is whoever oh, I can't think of the owner's name. He's all in. Yes, he is. Right? Uh he is all in. If there is um if there's a name that and there will be mm-hmm. a picture that's available, he doesn't care about the luxury tax. Right. He's one of the two owners that though the others in New York uh that doesn't Steve Cohen, Steve is it yeah. Steve Cohen? Yeah. that doesn't care about the luxury tax. So and the Braves are just so young and so damn good and they're going to be good for a long time. We'll go on record and we will that makes us to see who you pick. We will do that coming up in about a half an hour. Five minutes away from the first pitch and MLB being thrown. Bill Bender's going to join us. Talk a little Final Four with Bill Bender. Pac-12, Dennis Dodds has another piece out. He doesn't see any signs of a media deal coming anytime soon. They're in trouble. They are. Hour two next.